This August on Womanica, we're taking a trip through history to discover the stories of muses, women whose lives inspired work that's shaped our culture in small ways and large. Special thanks to this month's sponsor, Mercedes-Benz, whose own famous namesake was inspired by a young muse named Mercedes. Join us all month long for fascinating stories of women who are drivers of creativity, inspiration, and artistic expression. Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to give you a heads up that this episode deals with themes of abuse and disordered eating. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about muses, women whose lives inspired work that's shaped our culture in ways small and large. Today, we're talking about a woman who is known for her beauty and also her pain and struggles throughout life. She had complicated relationships with men who often saw her as someone who needed fixing. One man in particular immortalized her as one of his superstars. Let's talk about Edie Sedgwick. Edie Sedgwick was born on April 20, 1943. She was the seventh of eight children born to Alice Delano DeForest and Frances Minturn Sedgwick. Both of her parents came from wealthy families, and Edie was raised with privilege. But that privilege came with a dark underside. The Sedgwick family was affected by a history of mental illness, and Edie's childhood was very isolated and tumultuous. When the family moved to Corral de Quati, a 3,000-acre ranch in Santa Barbara, California, her isolation was exacerbated. The ranch was removed from the outside world. The siblings were split up and lived in separate houses from each other and from their parents. Inside the walls of the ranch, the children were expected to follow strict and repressive rules. This extended to their education, which their father supervised. Their schooling further separated them from the outside world. They were taught in an English style instead of American, which meant they never quite fit in outside the walls of the ranch. Edie's struggles with mental health began in her childhood. Part of this emotional turmoil was due to her father's abuse. Edie later said that her father began making sexual advances towards her as early as seven years old. Additionally, when Edie was a teenager, she caught her father having sex with another woman. When he saw Edie, her father slapped her. He tried to deny what she had seen and to convince Edie that she was crazy. He even went so far as to have a doctor give her tranquilizers so she couldn't talk about the transgression. To cope with her turbulent home life, Edie turned to anorexia and bulimia. Her parents sent her to boarding school, but when the teachers found out about her eating disorders, she was sent back home. Her father kept her heavily medicated and locked in her room, while her mother infantilized her and gave her whatever she wanted. Edie's father checked her into the Silver Hill Mental Health Facility in 1962. She was later moved to Bloomingdale Psych Ward at New York Hospital. The following year, 1964, was a pivotal one for Edie. 
she received an $80,000 trust fund from her grandmother and moved to New York City. Once in the big city, Edie spent her days taking dance classes, attending modeling casting events, and partying with her friends. In March of 1965, her partying led her to Andy Warhol. The two met at a birthday party for Tennessee Williams. Edie was 21 and Warhol was 36. He was looking for his it girl, and Edie was it. Warhol was taken aback by her beauty and was immediately drawn to her. He would later write, One person in the 60s fascinated me more than anybody I had ever known. Everyone knew he was talking about Edie. Warhol was famously obsessed with female stars. He was particularly interested in Edie because she resembled Marilyn Monroe. Just a few years before meeting Edie, Warhol debuted his iconic famous painting, Marilyn Diptych. Edie and Marilyn both had big, wide eyes, platinum blonde hair, and milky white skin. And beyond the physical resemblance, they both exuded sex and a brokenness that men of all sexualities were attracted to and wanted to fix. Just weeks after meeting Edie, Warhol invited her to join him on a trip to France for the opening of his flowers exhibition. In the city of love, their relationship flourished. Edie boosted Warhol's confidence and his optimism. She broke his seemingly impenetrable stony mask and brought out a warmth and hopeful side. She helped him find the courage to explore other artistic mediums when he mastered his current one. In April of 1965, Edie went to Warhol's studio, known as The Factory, to watch a film shoot. In a split-second decision, Warhol included her in the film as an extra. Although her appearance was minimal, she was a hit. From that moment at The Factory, Edie was Warhol's 1965 it girl. Pop art, op art, underground movies, call it what you will, these two are the leaders. No party in New York is considered a success unless they are there. From 1965 to 1966, she starred as the leading lady in 18 of Warhol's films, including Poor Little Rich Girl and Lupe. She was a natural in front of the camera. It's hard to explain this young lady and man. They say they don't want to be explained. One is a beautiful actress, and she calls herself a superstar. The other is a young man named Andy Warhol, the creator of pop art. But by the end of 1965, Warhol and Edie's relationship had grown tense. Warhol hadn't paid Edie for any of her work, and as a result, she asked that he not show any of her feature films in public. After the split, Edie retreated from the limelight and got deeper into drugs. Edie also had a short-lived fling with Bob Dylan. It's rumored that Dylan wrote the songs Just Like a Woman and Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat about Edie. By 1968, Edie had returned to California. A few years later, at her family's ranch, she married Michael Post, whom she'd met in a psych ward. Tragically, Edie Sedgwick died of an overdose a few months later on November 16, 1971, at the age of 28. All month, we're highlighting muses. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. As always, we'll be taking a break for the weekend. Talk to you on Monday.